And here we go. Welcome everyone to FT Live. Broad, Frazier, and Eric Crash back for one more. One more time. This is it. Are you emotional? Nah, yes and no, because I'm I'm a close <laughs> ride to get back down here whenever I need to. True, but true. To be with my fellow comrades here, it's it's a little emotional. Yeah, this is it. Uh, it's like for it's like season. Todd's it's like Todd's BP rounds. Emotional. One emotional. more. One more time. <laughs> one more. The guy pops one. One more. One more. One more. Uno mas. Um, you and I actually will be back though, Kratz. By yeah, the way, in about a week and a half, Eric oh. Kratz trying to defend his online title for poker champ so he'll be ready to go you that'll know actually be great behind the scenes content he wins those because they can't see his face because when he has a good hands he's like the <laughs> oh this is gonna be good i'm coming for you poker room <laughs> i'd actually like to watch you know an hour round or something of kratz at a, at a poker table and see like when he if he's got like pocket aces i just want to no, see he, that he face, goes like this cracks he, he, when he gets something exciting because i i've known him a little bit all of a sudden he gets an itch and he's like oh Oh, oh! It's gotta he's be got, my oh, nose. Aces. He's got aces. He'll start itching around the nose. That's all, dude. It's very large. He and can't itchy. contain himself. Everybody, like everybody has a level. tick. Yeah. Every time, one season, I would call a breaking ball with runners in scoring position. I would touch my chest wow. protector. That's amazing. You Every got, time you had a tell like that. Yes. So if someone was standing in second base, yes. nobody knew it though. I mean, who's gonna look at the catcher for a sign? To- that's how you get tips. No, I've never gotten a tip like that. Tipsy. <laughs> you're saying you look, you're looking at fingers to try and pick That's what people do. I'm but looking at pitcher. You're looking at pitcher. Only thing Maldi, I found Maldonado him, did I was it just too. Just gonna say that. Maldonado when, did it too. When I was on first base, Maldi would would touch the. He had pine tar here to get a when little stick. When he was yeah. gonna pick. When he was so he get pine tar when, and I'm like, oh, they're throwing home because he wants to get a little stick him, try and throw the guy out. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm not stealing here, and then he wouldn't do it. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, they're picking over, and you know, nine times out of ten, he's picking over. Wow. That's what you're playing with. Yeah, you're playing with the numbers. You're playing with those. We digressed. We didn't even charge the mound at all because this is this <laughs> no, is no, where no, our we mind went yeah. with okay. poker. It's also the off season, and one more thing before we charge the mound. What you're wearing? Oh, that you didn't. You weren't on with us yesterday, so yeah. you want to give him a congrats? Yeah, man, congratulations, Texas Rangers. Let's go. I got a couple texts i texted a couple guys that got back to me surprising i wasn't even hoping for a text back chris stratton um couple of the trainers there and uh other guys it was just uh really cool for the rangers man they deserved it and um the rest is history what a great way to let him come on the show one time yeah no we're gonna have to get him on the show we'll get a couple guys on the show here stratton, yeah. i mean get it done yeah they're, they're for they're the boys still, i'm gonna try they're still well, drunk right now they should be <laughs> The parades today, right? Yeah. Yeah. So parades in uh, the Dallas area. So it's awesome. Um, congrats again to the Rangers. We'll talk plenty about them. Um, all right. Let's charge the damn mound because we got a lot to get to. I'm excited for the offseason because now we can really dig in. We'll get to a signing in a sec. Let's start off with the Players' Choice Awards. So one of the coolest awards is just Player of the Year. I've been talking about this for the last like week or so. We debated it, what, maybe two days two ago? Two days ago. When you were on. Yeah. Oh, when you Wednesday. were on. Wednesday. Yeah. Acuna versus Otani. Acuna wins it. Acuna Whoopsie. wins Player of the Year. Kratz, you're shaking your head. Yeah, he wanted to show up. Oh, you don't like Ronald Acuna Jr.? Oh, I think Ronald Acuna no, Jr. had a great year. NL MVP. Maybe the best player in the National League. In the entire game, a guy that pitches like Shohei does. He's a number two. High number one. For them, he's a number one. He's not better. If he was on a team with 
with Wheeler or Nola. He'd be a number two if he was on a team with, you know, true aces. The but whole he's ace. a one. He has one stuff. Okay. Okay. That's fair. He's a one. Okay. And he did everything except have less RBIs, less stolen bases, and 30 points less in his batting average than Acuna. That's a lot of categories. Three categories. He out-homered <laughs> Categories. Him. He had 20 stolen bases. And you're just comparing the hitting stats. He is, he is right up there. Acuna definitely had a better hitting season. He was, his batting numbers were way better. <clears throat> he pitched. You guys wow. got it wrong. Wow. And as a, as a player show, as a ex-player, we got it wrong. Ooh. Acuna should not have been. And we should ask every single player guest Who to show, show us their ballot. What a receipt. Actually, and that's why. a great idea. I do want to hear from some of the guys Absolutely. on their voting process, the current players, because and I, their thought process. Because I think we LeBroned him. No. I think as – I can say we. I didn't vote, but as a player yeah, – say we a lot. Yeah. I'm an ex-player. I think they LeBroned him by not choosing him. Meaning, is, real, is Steph Curry really better than LeBron James? I was talking about it with Mark before the show. Is he really? Like, is Shohei Otani – a worse player than Acuna this year. I think he was. You're wrong. You don't have. You do not. You do not believe that. I believe you have. You have he, pocket two. You have two seven right now, and you're trying to bluff me. Damn no. It, doesn't two it twos. also? Doesn't two it, <laughs> I'm all in. Doesn't it go down to just like okay, you got your squad this year. Which player do you want? With the oh. now, they had their their season. Which player do you want from that season? To be on your team. Right? No, yeah, not, not going forward. Not no, no, going just forward. Right, right, what you just saw. You, that, can, you can place that within. <laughs> into your season. Yeah, your season. Who are you going to pick first overall? Well, then that's what it would be. But, no, no, but, no. but, that, but that, that's, that's saying. Forward. That's projecting forward. You want, no. th- this is actually. That's misleading. Is what here's, we're on you know how, like, yes. You know yes. how you'll, like, there'll be a free <laughs> agents. We'll talk a lot about free agents, obviously, coming up over the next couple months. And some teams will be like, well, that's what you did. Okay, this is what our projections say. With this oh, situation, don't it's start me with no, that. no. We're actually looking at what you did this past year and saying if you could take those stats and place them on your team, right? So you could do this exercise with players. You could go to a player like you know we'll have Muncie on next week, and we're going to get to his contract in a second. If we go, okay, Max, do you want to place Otani's season <clears> on your team or Acuna's season on your team? Now there oh. could be a difference depending on the team that you're on, right? Like. One team might be like, yo, we have three all-star outfielders. We don't need Acuna. No team is probably going to be like, you know what we don't need? Another number one starter. Every team. Every team is going to want both seasons. But every team needed Shohei. Yes, every team. If you had three all-star outfielders, I'm trying to think if anybody did, probably the Braves. But that doesn't (laughs) – Braves are like, nah, we didn't need them. Shohei – is without a doubt the player of the year until he stops doing both things. I, well, but what if he has a five ERA? You're saying if he's not If he makes together... 30 starts and has a five ERA and puts up 40 pumps and 100 stakes, mm. he's not player of the year? You're doing it too. I am doing it because I, I voted for Acuna. And you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I might be jaded. You're right. I might be jaded. A five ERA. So you're telling me that a guy that takes up a roster spot for your team is giving you 30 starts. He's giving you 28 because he doesn't make yeah, all I was starts. Say, did he make 30? Oh, starts? So, sorry, sorry. 
<laughs> 28 starts on the mound. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's had down years. What happens if he has a down year hitting? That's all he has. I'm trying to think of who else DH this year that was an unbelievable player. Like, this person is hitting and pitching. Now, look, we're going to see if you're right, and I'll apologize to you this year because he's not pitching this year. Right. So I would want to see just hitting alone. Let's check that out. In what sense? Like, you mean if he yeah. – so so this so year if, if he, he puts hits, up the same numbers just hitting-wise, which I think he will. So you're saying he might go down? I don't know. Well, he might not win every award next year if he's just a normal like, human. Will like he, win, will he, he has win. no chance of hit, winning any awards. <laughs> he has no chance of winning awards. If he didn't win it this year, he has zero chance Why? next year. Why do you say that? Because you didn't choose him as player of the year this year, and he did both things at an elite level. I'm not saying he didn't. But now, if he does the same thing, 40 pumps, 100-something. Okay, so, so we'll let's see. say he goes 40, 40 and 100. Okay. Are you voting for him for an award? Why no chance. Because. No chance. Hold on. No I'll tell chance. you why. I'll why tell not? you why next year. Why he, not? he won't win player of the year next year. He won't win um, MVP. He won't win any of that stuff. I'll tell you why. He's a DH. He's not in the field. What other DHs put up numbers like he did uh, this year? Nobody. I, <laughs> I know. I know. How one. many pitchers put up numbers like he did? Some. But I, I get what you're saying. Hey, yes. Thank you. Okay. I, good. I understand. Thank you. You win. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. I want to win an argument. You win. You won the argument. I don't even feel like it's an argument. That's why I'm laughing. I know. But I, I like your I have idea. Aces. You know, we'll have players on next week. I want to ask them now that all yes. the awards came out. Um, I want to ask them about their ballots. So we'll get to that. Max Muncy's going to join us next week, and we'll congratulate him because he's richer. He signed a two-year, twenty-four million dollar extension that takes him through the 2025 season. We'll have to do something for contracts, like something. Make it rain, Claudia. Can you and happy birthday, Claudia? Um, can you what? make oh. something behind the scenes at some point? You know, like some. You know how we do like opens to certain things. Yeah. Did you not yes, know that, no, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Um, <sighs> but something where it's like, hey, congratulations, Cloud. you're a lot richer. Cloud, uh, yeah. So anyway, I think some people look at a deal like this, and we'll ask Max next week about it, and be like, dude, is that a typo? Are you getting twenty four for two years or for one? Because He's 12 a year this year, next year. You, you have to wipe out the multimillionaire stuff out of your head and look at what value is in Major League Baseball, right? Because you're not going to complain when you're getting um, eight figures. But don't you think Max Muncy is worth more than that? And then there's a club option for 2026. He's done this a few times already where the team will have an option on him next year and then they'll approach him and be like, listen, Max, we love you. We know you want to be here. We want you to be here. Let's put some more security on this. And add another year to the mix. Is that what you would do? Me? I'm bad. I'm a bad one to ask about this because you I have never to put got yourself in Max's. Place. I know, and that, and that's really hard for like me. Like you already have 60, 70 mil in the bank or whatever the hell he's made, right? I think, and then say, what should I be doing? I think comfort plays a part in it. Playing in a place you've played for a long time. Um, do I think he's worth more? Yes, but I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> he's um I think he looks back on, on last year, you know, his average wasn't there. You know what I mean? He, he was on the struggle bus for a little bit, and he's admitted that. But he still had some big numbers there in power-wise. I mean, he, he was still easily one, one of the best power hitters in, in Major League Baseball. Um, what do they go by anymore? They're looking for other things. You know, it's not the Pena contracts of the world where you 
you know, you bat 192, get 45, 50 home runs, and they're going to pay you, you know, like back in the day. But um, Carlos? Carlos, yeah. yeah. But I think this is his comfort. I think, you know what, they approach him. I don't know, I don't know who approached who, but two for 24, I, I think he, he understands. That he's one of those realists. He's a realist, dude. He's, he gets it, but did he want to wait? I've been there, but I'm not saying I'm on That's... his level at all. I'm not no, near no, no. his level at all of, of being a baseball player. But going into free agency, bro, and you're waiting there months after months, and you're like, damn it, I should have been signed now. Why is everybody so – you know what I mean? Maybe he didn't want to go do that. Different people. It really – I know we got to get off here for Ken, but yeah. it really depends on how you come into the game. And that's what I want to ask <laughs> Max. Like, he made it to the big leagues at 26, I think. That sounds about right. 26, and he got – you know, he ended up – okay, he was 24, but he never actually – Establish himself to his 27. And I think that is ingrained in you. Like things that you learn early in life are ingrained in you. So yeah. I, I'm excited to, I'm excited for him. Anytime yeah. anybody gets two years, two years guaranteed. What happens if he boop, gets hit in the elbow again when, you know, he's fielding the ball at first base? So he's playing third now. So, but th- there's, there's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Don't and forget you, that. You got dinged for age, too. He's 33 years old. So, you know, teams love to tell you what you're not. So, we'll exactly. ask Ken about it. So, we'll bring Wants in Ken. Wants to win a World set. Series, too. True. That is true. He's on a consistent winner. He's comfortable. And that makes a difference. We had Legends Territory come out the other day. And I just don't want to let that sneak by. Because I think it might have been the best story of the year from that show. That was uh, from A.J. Burnett, who was one of the better guests that we had. So, he found a parking spot when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it really conflicted with another part of the organization. So, Legends Territory, take it away. He had a, a funny story. He had a parking spot, right? Like, starting picture shows up a little bit later, you know, about then they're in a single spot under there because we shared it with the hot dog vendors and everybody else in the stadium for some reason. And uh, these first four spots are always open. I'm like... I'm going to park in this sunbeds. Ain't nobody ever parked there. So I parked there and I'm getting ready for my start at 530. And somebody comes in and is like, hey, AJ, we need your keys. And I was like, like, I'm getting dressed right now. My keys are in my locker if you want to reach in there and get my keys. And he just kind of backed up. And he's like, you, you're parking in the owner's spot. I was like, oh, you mean the one that's been empty all season? And I said, is he here now? <laughs> he said, no, but he might show up. I'm like, look, bro, I'm going to go get ready to throw. My keys are right here. If he shows up, he can move my car. You know, he didn't show up that day or whatever. But um, I come back like five days later, pitch, and it's roped off with a caution, like yellow caution tape. So old AJ comes out and he cuts the caution tape, backs his car in there, and then ties the tape back, parked there for my start. Well, he came to this game, the game I did that, um, and I was right in his spot, and I'm coming in at 7.02. You know, I got smoke out of the ears. I'm just locked in, ready to go. And there's this dude at the end of the dugout just standing there. And he's just like, you know, just waiting within the dugout. And I'm like, okay, like I, I met him. I didn't see him. I may have seen him in the spring, but I, I just didn't remember. Anyway, he holds his hand out and like big old grin as I'm walking in the dugout to go down and get my dip and towel off and get ready to go out and try to shove. I just walk right hell by him. Like I'm just like, fuck this guy, dude. I gotta go pitch. And then I go throw and I come out of the game and everybody's just, they love it. I'm like, what the fuck? What's so funny? And they're just talking about how you big league the, the owner. And I was like, what? And it's like, you big league the owner. I was like, get out. Oh, you know what? That was not after I pitched. So I went down to the dugout and then eight guys came in the little room afterwards. Like, hey, you know what you just did? You know what that was? Blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, no, I don't, I don't know who the hell I was. He's like, because that's the owner. So I felt really great about that. And then he, he, and then as I'm walking up the steps to go out the pitch, he's back there again. Like, we'll talk about this, this parking lot situation later, you know? And I'm like, this guy's serious right now? Like, I'm about to go shove. Like, I don't give a shit about no parking lot right now. Let's go out and get the baseball going. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the best story of the freaking year. Uh, Legends territory every Wednesday, all season and off season long, YouTube and wherever you get your pods. I, I heard it now for like the fifth time just listening, and I still can't get over it. It is so good. And the way he does the impression of, of the owner, Bob Netting, like, like do you, he cares nothing about the on-field product. He's like, and my parking spot when I'm here one week a year. <laughs> Burnett's like, dude, get out of my face. <laughs> I'm about to go shove. I love that. I saw him when he was with the Mars, and my brother and him came up together. Unfortunately for my brother, he never made it up there, but. He was a beast then, and then, like, he's that type of guy, like, I talked before the game. He'd always get mad at me because I hit him pretty well. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm throwing you a fastball again. Like, he would basically tell you what that was coming, and he threw me fastballs, bro. I fouled one off. He's like, that's all you got. Like, he would talk smack, like, yeah, in a would... good way. And we just had that good relationship, but he would always challenge it, and he would never steer from the – he was always truthful about what he did, and that's what I love. Bulldog on the mound. Love Old it. school flamethrower. Yeah. You know what heavy, I'm saying? Heavy fastball. What? Yep. And then he developed that that one. The, well, didn't develop. He had it. The one, the fastball just run. I'm like, damn. Heavy and some um, and some tilt. Ooh. Oops. You Sorry got him, too. It. What? You got him. Yeah, you got him. <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to get him on the show. He's, I, a, he's a guy. That story's just starting to circulate, though. I guarantee you when Pirates fans get word of that, they're going to lose their mind because – they go nuts on. They love AJ. Nutting. They, they love, love AJ. AJ. They, they love the, AJ. The, the and Batman the tattoos, symbol. everything. Because of the fact of, I, I really think his personality and the way he approached the game really connected with the city. That like hard working mentality, like swag. Like you can still be a hard worker and have swag. This dude went out and he would go out. It didn't matter. Like you said, it didn't matter. He was going after you and he was going to. You know, he was going to give you everything he had, whether that was good enough that day or not. And I think the city of Pittsburgh really connected to that. Mm -hmm. Also, he gets into, yeah, the Batman symbol and being uh, locker mates with Derek Jeter on the Yanks. So a lot to look forward to if you have not heard or watched Legends Territory. We have breaking news. This is the fun part, too, in the offseason. There's a lot more breaking news that goes down. Signings, injury announcements, surgeries, the whole deal. We're going to talk to Kurt Hogue about the Milwaukee Brewers, since Kratz basically said they're going to sign Jorge Soler, and we'll see if he thinks that Craig Council is coming back to Milwaukee as well. But let's start with Clayton Kershaw. Do you remember when we spoke to Max Muncie? Were you on for that show? Mm -hmm. And we were like, what do you think about Kershaw? And he like paused. He probably knew. I mean, some of his closer friends probably know that yes. you know, the shoulder, ever, I mean, a lot of people knew the shoulder was a problem. How much of a problem? Now we know that he had shoulder surgery. So breaking news here on Mr. Kershaw as he sends out this Instagram message about the fact that he had shoulder surgery and he is going to plan on returning at some point in the 2024 season, at some point in the summer of 2024. Hey, for anybody, shoulder's no joke. At this point, is that the worst injury to have if you're a pitcher? Because elbow now, it's like, oh, Tommy John, no big deal. We'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You'll be back in a year. Shoulder is a different beast. Also, keep in mind, Clayton Kershaw has been 
so good for so long. He has a ton of mileage on his arm. Like he is, what do you think he is? Is he 34? 35. 35? I'm, I'm saying 35. He, I need to he look has up. pitched as many innings as like a 39-year-old. I know. Mean, he came into the league at 19. Yeah. So That's something. That's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, he's 35. He'll be 36 beginning of next season. Okay. But what I got out of that also is he's coming back. He's planning to sign with the ball club and keep going. Because there were some people that were like, is he going to retire? <laughs> the, the problem I have with that is if he does want to play, and obviously, yeah, shoulder surgery is tough. How can you look at what he did in the regular season and not be like, "Yo, I want to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does he not want to keep pitching? Which it sounds like he does. I mean, he had a, what, a two-something ERA in the regular season? He was one of the best pitchers still in terms of run prevention. Because it's more than just what you do in the field. Like, I can, I can, I can attest to myself. In no way am I saying it's a Clayton Kershaw career. For myself, I got better as I got older, and I felt tremendous. It was time for me to go home. It was time for me to be home with my wife, with my kids, see their lives. Like, so that goes into it. And if you add on the fact that he did this with, he had a 2.46 ERA, a 2.46. And he did this with shoulder pain. All of a sudden, it wasn't like, like some fans will be like, oh, yeah, he must have heard it in that playoff game. No, he did not hurt it in the playoff game. It hurt the entire season. Like, this kind of thing doesn't normally just creep up. You're playing with some level of pain. Yes, it probably got worse as the season went on. Only he can answer to that. But he's still able to do – he's still able to be successful. But at some point, it's not about being successful. It's about what kind of quality of life – Outside of financial, he's never, you know, he's never going to need want for anything. No. He's made millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars. It's about the fact that does he want to go through the extensive shoulder rehab? We just saw Big Woo on the show. He's sitting here at Halloween. He can't even put the brisket on the <laughs> smoker by himself because he's got the, you know, he's got the arm in a sling. Kershaw's got to go through that. Does he want to? What major surgeries has he done? Is he going to get halfway through this and be like, I am so hungry. My arm feels so awesome compared to like what Liam was saying. Liam was saying, I can't believe how great my elbow feels. It hasn't felt this good in 10 years. And maybe Kirsch has the same thing. Maybe he's going to say, you know what? This is unbelievable. And he can pitch for four more years. If he can pitch for four more years because he feels better, he could have a blast. His kids are getting older. They'll get to see him. There's so much more that goes into it than just, you know, the, the superficial things like, well, he didn't have a good postseason. Like, yes, he understands that. But he's coming back from a major, I shouldn't say major. Anytime you go into the sh pitcher's shoulder, it's major. That is major, yeah. It's major. But I don't know if he's getting, you know, complete capsule, what, what, what he's doing. But it is an extensive process that will affect his everyday life mm -hmm. to be able to come back and pitch like he says he wants to. Yeah. And we'll see also, I mean, there's Rangers fans that want him to come, come home and rehab. Come I'm home. Coming home. I don't think he will. Coming I think home. he's a Dodger for life, but I just, I think it's interesting. I mean, the Rangers might, might take a shot at him. All right, let's talk NL central for a few. Kurt Hogue back on the show with us. Brewers beat reporter with the Milwaukee journal Sentinel. Kurt, great to see you, dude. Happy off season. And, what do you think of the Brewers being maybe the most talked about team right now based on 
their free agent manager, which I love because we're going to get to the players, but this is going to get settled first. And I love the way that Craig Council has positioned himself. It's like, hey, a couple of years ago, you don't want to, and I don't know exactly how it went, but you don't want to sign me to, you know, five years, 25 or whatever it is. Okay, I'll test the free agent waters. I'll go hang out with Uncle Steve in, in New York and see how much they want to throw my way, right? Yeah, when was the last time the Brewers uh, were the most talked about team at any point during the offseason? Maybe like when they traded for Yelich? This is, and signed this... Locaine in like a two-day period? Yeah, it was, it was the Yelich-Kane day for sure. It was like a two-hour period. the same offseason? 18. Yeah, After same, they already had day. Domingo Santana, who hit 20 pumps the yeah. year before. So it's been plus. five years, half a decade. So it's, so it's been a little bit. Uh, this is this is uh, unusual territory for the Brewers, but that's what happens when you have not only one of the top managers in the game, but a rare instance in which one of the top managers is a total free agent, and it's very clear that his services are for the taking. You know, if you pay him, you might be able to get him. Which do you think happens? Do you think the signing of Craig Council happens and then the Brewers offseason changes? Or do you think the Brewers offseason is already solidified and then Craig is deciding based on what the Brewers offseason is going to be? Essentially trading Burns, not re-signing Big Woo, or Big Woo's not going to even make it back this year, and maybe thinking about trading Adamas, and Craig's like, eh, I don't want to. I don't want to come back for a rebuild. Or is it if Craig comes back, we're not trading Burns. We're going to go in on Jorge Soler, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's always hard to know exactly what's going on behind those closed doors. But in addition to the money side of, of this whole thing, which is certainly a very, very big factor, jobs include a lot of other things, quality of life. like, And for a manager, part of that's going to be do I know what the team's going to look like? What direction are we going in? So if you think that it's just about the money and there's not these other conversations going on of, you know, what's the plan with Corbin Burns? How much say might I have in some team construction and like team needs uh, in the front office side of things? If you don't think that's part of the equation, then I would say probably think again, because this is a big offseason for the Brewers. There's tons of questions, especially in the starting rotation, like you mentioned, which I think can trade Burns. Um, Brandon Woodruff? Probably going to miss most of next year, if not all of it. Or is he going to be back after that? Are they going to go total young prospect hall? Or are they going to find some guys? Will they trade for a bat? All these questions about the Brewers that they haven't really had a ton of in, in past off seasons are now coming to the forefront. Uh, and if I'm taking on a five, six-year contract as a manager, I think I, would, too, would like to know what the direction of the team and the organization is going to be. Maybe not every all, all specifically what they're going to do. I think part of the offseason is fluid for this team. But I'd like to know the general direction for sure. So my last question on this, though, is talking with other teams, uh, Mets specifically from what I'm hearing, do you think the Brewers and their brass, he'd say the Mets gave him a deal and said, hey, here's what we're going to give you. He goes back, from what I heard, he wants to go back to Milwaukee and hopefully they can match that. Do you think the Brewers will match that in your uh, in your mind? Oh, it's tough. It is. And I'm not just just saying this for the sake of not getting an answer. I truly don't know what the Brewers would do uh, or will do when, you know, the, the ball's back in their court and it's time to, to put an offer on the table or, or see him walk. They have made an offer. It was relatively substantial. Would have been 
at or near the top of the manager market last year. But last year's manager market isn't the thing that's at stake here. It's setting a new market. And the question is, are the brewers going to be willing to pay to kind of sort of set that new market for managers? Are they going to be at the forefront of this thing? Uh, if you ask me, I think you should. You know, this isn't, you know, this, or, this organization in the past has lost Prince Fielder. They've lost CC Sabathia. Uh, other big name free agents, you know, that's just kind of how it works. They, they're not going to pay the 200, 300 million dollar free agent contract. That's not what this is. This is a matter of a couple million a year, maybe a couple years uh, of security on, on the back end too. So it's a different ball game. And that doesn't even get into the fact that like Craig Council sort of is Milwaukee baseball. He's from here, played here. Um, his family lives like his, his kids grew up here. So it just would make a lot of sense, I think, for the Brewers to match. But the question sort of is, like, how do they view the value of a manager? It's not as easy to pinpoint on a number as it is, you know, with players and all of how free agency works with all the metrics and whatnot uh, nowadays. All right, so a couple follow-ups here, Kurt. First off, because we've been so um, World Series-oriented and in the playoff grind, has it been reported that he was made a nice offer from the Brewers? Did someone throw that out there? Uh, yeah, um, I think, I don't remember who it was. Someone reported first a few days ago that the Brewers made an offer, and then we had a story okay. uh, just coming out yesterday, uh, not specifics of the offer or anything like that, but uh, hefty. Hefty is a good word to say for sure. Um, but it's clear that it was not hefty to the level that counsel is seeking, for sure. Uh, this The story that my partner Todd Rosiak and I reported on said that Council's looking to at least double his salary. I think that's sort of maybe not specifics of it, but that's kind of been the general idea that's been out there is he's looking for more money and double salaries a lot. And the Brewers didn't quite get to that level, uh, but they also didn't have to get to that level on an extension offer that would have already made him, you know, the top or one of the top paying managers uh, a year ago. Okay. So my advice and let me know if you feel the same way and you've kind of said this already, is that a million bucks or two for the Brewers is not going to make a difference. It doesn't make a difference for anybody, right? For any team, if you're an owner of a franchise. Like, it's just the context of him compared to maybe his colleagues or, you know, whatever, other managers that are in the game right now. And I also give Craig a lot of credit for actually going to free agency like this. And, and sure, he believes that he should be compensated a certain way, but also to kind of raise the bar for people that are in his position. So my thing is, when you really break it down, I'll throw some numbers out there, right? Because it, it sounds like there were reports that he was making about three and a half. Let's say the Brewers threw five, five and a half at him. And the Mets are like, all right, we'll give you seven. For the Brewers to not match that if they feel like this is their guy and they've known him for a long time and there's so much stability for a team that doesn't always have the best resources and this is where you can gain an edge. To me, it would be wild if they end up saying, you know what, we're, we're taking a stand. Five and a half is it for us. We will not go to six and a half. Like, think about how minuscule that is in the grand scheme of what transactions cost in Major League Baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of yeah. crazy that we're going down this route. So I hope that they'll do the right thing. And, and for them, I think that they'd be in a position where they just sit back and they go, cool, go get a better offer, bring it over to us. And when they when he does, I would think that they would just be like, cool, match, sign it right now. Right? Yeah, I think the way you phrased it is just about as well as I could or anyone could like 1.5 million. Sure. The Brewers, let's be very clear. The Brewers front office is, in, is very, very good at maximizing every dollar and building depth with, you know, 
league league minimum and one million and two million million contracts. Like they, every dollar does matter to this team. Sort of, you know, that's kind of just how they've chosen to operate. So you you know you might be sacrificing some on like the depth side or, or the team building side to retain your manager, but there's also the question of like, do you want to run the risk of, you know, potentially underestimating what council's value to this organization, uh, both in terms of wins and in terms of like stuff you can't exactly quantify. Do you want to possibly run the risk of risk of underestimating what that was? The ball's in their court. We'll see what happens. I think that risk is, that's a high risk because I know I've seen the value that he brings, but here we go. I just got a text, not a real text, a fake text. Make sure this isn't real news. This is role play. <laughs> this is role play. <laughs> Scott enjoys his role play, so I'm role playing. Krasinski does. does, and he's need not here. Your, so pick on him. Need your instant reaction and instant answer to the fact that Craig Council signed with the Cleveland Indians. Where do the Brewers go from now on? Guardians. Cleveland so, Guardians, not the Indians. Yeah, Cleveland not Guardians. Going back in time. He didn't go back to 1983. <laughs> Uh, I just got a text that Eric Kratz is the way they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's they, a great they, answer. <laughs> yes. May, and I just got a text from Matt Arnold, and that's a lie. So there we go. I'm going to take maybe, Kratz's uh, phone knows? and say, you know, we'll take half of that, whatever, seven that Craig got. And then maybe we got a deal. <laughs> maybe, maybe, a different, uh, maybe a different catcher uh, from the late 2010s on the, that spent a little bit of time with the Brewers. Who knows? Esteban vote. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I got oh. an inside source that he might be getting a different job. So. Yep. Guardians. Oh. He interviewed with the Guardians. He did interview with the Guardians. and You're saying even another job? No. Oh, that's the oh. one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think he was going to the Guardians. He interviewed with them. If Council's going to the Guardians, then... Oh, oh so I, I forgot I said that because I wasn't trying yes. to create havoc by saying you are. it was the Mets, <laughs> but... Well, Council of the Mets. Who takes, who takes the that job? Then who takes it? Who takes the job? And if that person takes the job, are they making the playoffs this year? Um, I, I feel like the Brewers should be in a position that they should make the playoffs regardless of who the manager is. But I think you feel a whole lot better about it if the guy who has steered the ship uh, through all the ups and downs with the roster over the last, what, seven years, if he steered that ship to the playoffs six times, I'd feel a whole heck of a lot better if that's the guy making the speeches at the start of spring training um, than someone new coming in that has never commanded that room or managed in a game before. Player-wise, now let's forget about the coaches for a second. What is their main concern going into the offseason? What is the biggest thing besides a manager? They got a manager now, say, what? what's the biggest thing they got to do to move forward in this playoff you know they make the playoffs but you know they're not doing much with it what are they what's their biggest dog they need to go find right now step one is you need some bats they they've kind of had an offense that's been efficient enough this year it struggled quite a bit i still think they finished like around 18th or something in a run scored but that's not going to be good enough, you know, with the numbers that they had underneath the surface when you get to the playoffs. Like, you need to hit home runs. You need to score runs. The offense is for sure the big question, and that's going to be a tricky spot for, for them to find external upgrades for that, generally with the way that the free agency spending goes in Milwaukee. See if they hit the trade market. Uh, there's some interesting prospects coming up. Jackson Churio, Tyler Black, obviously some of the guys that 
were up this year, like Weimer and Mitchell and Freelich and, and Terang and whatnot. So offense is the big question, but the sneaky question really is the starting pitching. They signed Colin Ray yesterday to a, a you know pretty cheap deal just to give themselves some stability, and that sort of sends a message to me that they just needed to lock down some sort of spot because they have a lot of questions coming back in that rotation. Is Wade Miley going to be back? He might command a nice deal in free agency. Are they going to trade Burns? What happens with Woodruff? He's probably not going to be available. Is, is Adrian Hauser back? This has been the staple of this team for five years or so now, and now there's more questions around that than ever. Is there a chance that Burns is not in spring training next year? Absolutely, there's a chance, yeah. I think the Brewers are actually in a really decent spot in terms of the Corbin Burns saga or whatever you want to call it. They don't have to trade him. They could bring him back and have a competitive team next year with him as the ace and contend for another division title with him. Uh, but there's also going to be teams that need pitching, and the starting pitching market in free agency is not great. So who knows uh, if, if they find the right price, then maybe you take an offer out there. But they're not in a spot where they absolutely must have to trade him. A little, little Sonny Gray action, maybe, to replace? Not, yeah. not to replace, just to pick up. I mean, that would be a nice starting point. <laughs> Shaking no. his head. Right. I like Sonny Gray, but I haven't seen – Kurt, maybe you know – what was the largest contract given to a pitcher in Brewers history? Jeff that Supon. Was a agent. Jeff, Jeff Supon. Jeffrey. <laughs> exactly. Which was – And a- after that, I'm not uh, – Kyle Loesch was probably up there too. His was – Was his like $40 million? Yeah, four years, 40-something like that. Garza's was around the same ballpark. But uh, yeah. especially if you adjust it for the market at the time, it's by far Supon. Yeah, um, like so there's Loesch, by the way, and I don't know about like the incentives and options and all of that, but with the Brewers, it was three years, 33. So 11 a year, which is less than, you know, Scherzer and some of those guys make in one season. Supon, you're right. That was four years, 42. Hmm. Yeah. So basically they're looking at free agent pitchers like. Wade Miley, like bringing Wade yes. back in. Wade wanted to come back to Milwaukee. He loved Milwaukee. He loves hooky. He loves so, – so that's what sells some of these guys. Are the Brewers going to sign Kyle Gibson? Like is that, the, is that the route of starting pitching that they're looking for? A guy like Tyler Malley makes some sense to me. I'm not entirely sure where he is at like on the rehab process, but, you know, he's a really, really good pitcher that his market might not be – as robust as it could or should be because of the injury. So a guy like that maybe makes some sense. They've got some internal options too, like Aaron Ashby will be back. He's expected to be fully healthy again this year. Uh, Some prospects as well coming up. But, yeah, the rotation could look a whole lot different. Yeah, and also I think this part goes underrated with Milwaukee. They've got a little raise to the way that they've operated with their pitching development. I mean, look at their bullpen. No? You know how there's dudes that come out of the blue or they, like, kind of blossom? Well, they find them. I mean, I think, you know, they, they got Piguero for – Kurt, remind me who they, how they picked up Piguero. Uh, he was he was in the Renfro deal. Yeah, so Hunter Renfro. Piams. I know Piams struggled a little late, right? But in the beginning of the year, he was insane. They traded They traded for Hader yep. back in the day. Um Devin Williams was homegrown, if I'm correct. Yep, yep. 2013, I think, draft. 
Okay. Yeah. So here, last one for me, Kurt, when it comes to bats, where do you think they should be looking? Because they're not going to play at the very top of the market. And there really isn't even that much of a top of the market anyway. You know, it's like Otani's a different beast, but Bellinger, they're not going to sign Cody Bellinger. Kratz already threw out a little four year 60 for Jorge Soler. J.D. Martinez is a free agent, too, but I don't see him wanting to go to Milwaukee. I don't really feel like that's as much of a fit. I Mitch like Garver. the Solaire idea. Mitch, Mitch Garver. Garver. Sure. Is Garver a free agent? Mitch Garver sure. is a free agent. Okay. So um, I don't know if you've looked at any names that have stood out. Like, for me, Teoscar Hernandez is a free agent. I don't see mm-hmm. it. He's a pretty bad defender. Milwaukee, I know Matt Arnold always talks about run for engine, defense. I just don't think that's his style of player. Anybody that you see that stands out on the list right now? Well, this is sort of how I generally go when I look at Brewers for agents. The first thing I do is I come up with a list of guys I think they might sign, and then I delete them because I am <laughs> never correct. I had never seen any of these signings coming. I'm just way off. And then you also have to scroll down the list a little bit. Like I think Justin Turner, I thought he would have made a lot of sense last year. Um, if that didn't happen last year, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. But guys like that, that can DH, that can play first base. They need, you know, they might need someone at third base as well. Those are the guys that would make a lot of sense to me. Like maybe like Brandon Belt, uh, Reese Hoskins for sure is kind of another one that sort of stands out. Um, you know, maybe guys that might not have the most robust market, uh, but if they're looking for a guy who can be an actual legitimate impact bat, Reese Hoskins has been that in the past. Brandon Belt still got some of that in him, so. Those are a couple names I think I'd throw out, and then who knows who they might end up trading for. Like, that's always the real wild card. Who had them trading for Wild Bill Contreras last year? Not me. That's true. That's and that, huge... that was such a great deal for them. And that's where they've been finding value. They've been finding Walker McKevin. We've had him on here, and he's he's definitely – that is a position where they found a lot of value in the catching position in the last few years. You got an all-star. You got an all-star hitting catcher that became an all-star receiving catcher. And so that, that's what they've done. And I think Matt Arnold, Matt Arnold was at the beginning. I mean, he was in the middle of all those. Yes, he didn't make those. You know, most of those were David Stern's type of things. But they're, they're definitely ingenuity is definitely key for the Brewers. Yep. Good call. Kurt, good to see you, man. Um, happy off season, and we'll catch you obviously down the road and see what they do. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you always. Uh, Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll post all his info if you want to give him a follow and check out some of what he's put together already from an article perspective. Obviously, they're they're the hot number right now on the Craig Council news. So check that out. Also, shout out to uh, the BetMGM Sportsbook and Bar where sports fans watch sports. Visit dborgata.com for details. Okay, let's talk free agency. Can we show that predictions board first? Are we cool with that? So the, what is it, at MLB Nerds Twitter account. I like that Twitter account. I'm going to follow that, John, right right away after the show. Same. They put out just some really early predictions on where they think some of the top free agents will go. So just wanted to get your thoughts on if you think they're accurate on any of these. Obviously, we'll get a lot more information on where we think teams are at, but take a good look, okay? And for the podcast crowd right now, I'll, I'll read them out. So they have Otani to the Dodgers. They got Blake Snell to the Phillies, Josh Hader to the Cubs, Yamamoto, who's one of the top starting pitchers coming from Japan, um, going to the Yanks, Aaron Nola to the St. Louis Cardinals, Eduardo Rodriguez back to the Baltimore Orioles. And he didn't officially opt out yet. 
Erod, did he? Not yet. Not, I mean, not that it. I've seen, but no. obviously stuff's happening today. Yes. Cody Bellinger to the Giants and Matt Chapman to the Giants. Lucas Giolito to the Red Sox and Mitch Garver to the Rays. You know what stands out to me from those predictions? San Francisco, because they badly need to get some faces, some franchise players, some guys that have been there, some spice, right? Isn't yeah. that what Ken said? Like they need, they need something there. They need a star. Really, yeah. They need a star. And I think you're almost kind of um, giving yourself a little bit of insurance by signing both of those guys. Like neither of those guys are like your Harper $300 million player or whatever, right? They're both probably going to get like, what would you think? Like 150-ish? Like both of those two adding up together equal that player that costs a ton in the past that they have missed out on. Even Judge from last year. But you figure one of those two is probably going to have a really good next five to seven years, if not both. No? Do you like that approach? I mean, you don't have I the feel, options this year I, anyway. No, no, I feel like I feel like when they say that they're getting, you know, that oh, they think they're going to get both of them, be kind of like hedging their bet because yeah. both of them have kind of been, whoa, this is an elite, top of the line player, and then the next season you're like. What happened? Is he playing through something? You know, Chapman came out. He had the hip thing that he was playing through. I think of the two of them, I think his value is, I think he could have the best next five years. Which one? Chapman. Chapman. Matt Chapman. Just because of that third base defense, Todd, you know, like, that is a huge, it's a very underrated position when played at an elite level. Because you're, the plays you're making are essentially you're holding you know you're holding teams down from getting two bases instead of one. Shortstops they don't make the play. Eh, you know what? It's a single. Single. But third basemen, when they ha- when they have elite ones, and he is still an elite one, no doubt. Um, Arenado is still an elite one. Manny Machado still plays at that level. You have a a level of value in there that's more than just the bat. And I think Bellinger Bellinger's a great center fielder. It's just been so up and down, up and down, up and down through his career that I'm a little afraid of, 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 of what that, what that looks like for seven years, what mm-hmm. that looks like for five years. It's a lot of years. Um, I would see Bellinger going to the Yankees. I think that would be a pretty good spot for him. Another left-handed bat for that short porch. I think that's, that's a must for the Yankees to get another outfielder out there. The Yamamoto I think is great because go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because like that one. I I think about the other, um, you know, Japanese baseball players that they've had. You know, you think of Masahiro Tanaka, who's who's a beast, especially in the playoffs. I mean, Hideki Arabu. No, I mean, I'm I'm just going back to a couple guys. There's been a bunch. Kodai Senga this past year for the Mets. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, without a doubt. There's there's, I and I'm honestly in in the Olympics. I think I faced Yamamoto one time. If I'm if I'm recalling, I got to go back. But he, I think he did. He was. Hot, big guy, big statue. Like no, he, no. Am I thinking of somebody else? You might be. He's not big. Actually, that was what the point I was going to bring up. So. E- either way, they had they had a bunch of really good pitchers out yeah. there. So the 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 thing is, they are breeding them out there, and when they come over, they're ready to go, man. It's it. That's one guy where I've, I I got to look back and see. But there was a bunch of them that were really good. But the cycle of Yankees that bring in the Japanese pitchers is, and they've been pretty darn good all throughout those years. He's listed 5'10". Well, so he might be 5'8 or 9. High. And the reason I bring... Yeah, exactly. The, no, the reason I bring that up, too, is I heard Scott Boris on an interview, and I never got to, 
talk about agents and stuff in the past, but they're such a big part of this offseason discussion. And we'll obviously bring some agents on in the offseason. But, you know, he's he's obviously going to promote his guys. And he was on with uh, Joel Sherman and John Heyman on their show. And he was like, man, those undersized pitchers, they don't work out. <laughs> you know, like I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> it's not his guy. I was cracking up because he's got Snell. And actually, he wants we'll, Snell we'll to be show, the number one yeah, guy. In a sec, yeah. Right. Obviously, um, Snell's actually ranked lower on some lists like Keith Law's list, which we'll get to in a sec, than, than I thought he would be coming off the Cy Young season. But, you know, they're asking him about Snell. I think he's got one or two other kind of higher end he's starting pitchers, too. What? Yeah, I think he's got Jordan Mon- Montgomery, too. He does. He has yeah. Jordan Montgomery. So it was just funny hearing Good him old. talk about Yamamoto because Jordan, he, he is an undersized right-handed pitcher and i will say this there are a lot of teams like in the draft who will significantly lower the value of an undersized right-hand pitcher it's just like a thing in baseball where there aren't that many legit long-time undersized right-handed stars sunny gray is pretty much one yep. marcus stroman is pretty much one the list starts to get tough after that. I'm telling you, for guys that are sub six feet, and Yamamoto is like five eight it's or nine. Great, I love him. From what I've seen from him, he looks awesome. I think a lot of it also just has to do with durability, because I think out there you pitch once a week, so he's going to have to go to a team that that takes care of him the right way. Which they they all Pedro pretty much Martinez know what doing. is pretty. He wasn't that he was, tall. No, no, no. Pedro is yeah. probably five. I'm just 10, trying to think of five eleven. Some, some undersized. It's very hard. You're right. Right for for yeah. righties especially. Yeah. As soon as they start, as soon as something happens, relievers different story. Yes. As soon as something happens, like oh, you know, he's he's declining. Let's look you at know, his size. You know, you knew you yeah. knew his you knew his size wouldn't yeah. last. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, like we're playing ba- we're playing basketball here. So. Like save it. They love to use that against guys, though. I'm telling you. I mean. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes on Yamamoto from some people that I've spoken to. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's been bouncing back either listed 5'9 or 5'10, and, and he's he's light. It's like mid, like 150-ish. I know the Yankees have done their due diligence on there. I talked to a scout with the Yankees, and he said they sent the big dog scouts out there ahead of time, and he was going out there, and they sent Cashman out there, which is – which is really, you know, checking all the boxes for the Japanese players. They want to feel that respect of like, okay, a scout's coming to watch me. Great. We have scouts out here. That's fine. But when Cashman, when Hale goes out, you know, if, if he does, like that's when, that's when they feel that respect and they want to sign with the place. I'm getting some messages from my boys and Phillies fans. Josh Hader to the Phillies. So I'm like, hey, that's listen. what they want. Oh, that was the only thing I was going to that say on be that. Nice. <laughs> Before we bring on our next guest, I think it said that that guest was like four years, seventy million. I'm going to go low. I'm not. I'm not liking all the numbers. You think he's, he's put, haters going to get more than that? You're saying yes, yes. He, especially he, when you talk about what Edwin Diaz contract, which is hundred. Right, and he's going to get more than that. Yep. So if you're not if you're not in the if you're not in the nine figures with Hater, I think you're you're out of the bidding. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, I think you don't, you don't get you that very often. A, He's preserved himself well, consistently been the guy in the ninth. Let's and get if you want to watch, watch yeah. a hype-up video, oh, watch the Josh, it, right? the Josh Hader, Trevor Hoffman narrated hype-up video, I want to come out and close the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a hater no more. We got, we got a lot to cover. Two minutes to go. Let's slap. <laughs> Oh, 
Okay, Top Father, tell the people what's going on. Because actually, the team portion of what you've got in two weeks, I think, is sold out, right? Sold out. 64 teams. 64 teams. He got 28 guys and girls. For Todd Frazier's Charity Beer Pong Tournament. Now, you can buy a ticket Yo, to of attend, yes, right? Yes, you can. There's still there's limited spots available still to come. Okay. Um, we got we're gonna have silent auctions. We're gonna have gifts, giveaways, uh, 50-50s. All the money is going to the Children's Specialized Hospital. It's gonna be at the Sawmill and Seaside Heights. I'll be posting some more information. I've got some really good silent auction gifts here that people have never seen before. The winners are gonna take home some big, big prizes. So come on down, try it out. And uh, we'll have a good time. All the money's going to children's specialized. Exactly. Silent auction. Nobody's seen them before. Can you give us a? Can you give us a sneak peek, like something that we don't even know about? Yeah, like one we item a, that you can tell the people. About <laughs> we get like a Frank have, Sinatra well, signed. One, one item is going to be. I could tell one. One item is going to be a signed Jonas Brothers guitar. Let's go. Okay. Something unique. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool to hang a guitar up in your house that's signed by the. Johannes you brothers you probably get it for cheap too so which is going to be yeah event. exactly so it's going to be good that's awesome and by the way we'll be there uh, many of kids. the foul territory team members we've got four teams entered hey. so jealous four teams Winners. that's your vacation right yeah I'm you're missing out but we'll have some ft people there so look Thank forward God. to that and Thank what you. we just showed you yeah <laughs> heard kratz plays a mean beer punk uh qr code though that you just saw Thank on your you. screen if you want to check it out uh two more things kratz hats real quick we're going to start cycling back through some of my favorites. Beautiful. Oh, the, the, bell, Liberty bell. The, the Liberty Bell. Little little Lehigh Valley. I think Lehigh Valley has the most legit hats. They're pretty the, sweet. I don't peaks. And ironically, it matches my guy, yeah. T. Fresh. Don't put that down on your shirt. And my T-shirt, which I'm I see hiding. that. Don't oh hide that. Oh, my God. I thought I had a big And head. then for me, I uh, just want to shout out uh, Borgata, obviously, for hosting us all year. And and tight. on the comic it's side of things, too. they've got the Borgata Comedy Club. You can see the full comedy club listing at theborgata.com. Don't miss the area's best comics taking the stage. Thank you so much to uh, Borgata and BetMGM Sportsbook for hosting us. And a very happy birthday to our producer behind the scenes every day. Claudia Olson, oh, there you go. Me. Hey. <laughs> Happy to Scratch mini golfer. Scratch yeah. mini golfer. <laughs> Claudia there doesn't ever go golfing. That is, a, nice that is a CGI picture. Claudia does not go golfing. <laughs> she does mini golf. She doesn't mini golf. That's real? No. No, that's, that's real. I think that's real. That's not yeah. a real picture. Uh, we appreciate you. And again, yeah, uh, thank you the whole crew here for the entire season. Appreciate you and the crowd that's been here every other week. Um, thanks for watching FT Live at Borgata here in Atlantic City. Kratz and I actually will be here in about a week and a half for the big poker tournament. More on that next week. And we'll get into the free agency conversation next week. Exactly. Yes. Prepare yourself. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks again. Appreciate you on FT Live. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.